Welcome Spartans to Podcast Evolved, part of Evolved, your home for Halo. Podcast Evolved hosts lore series and recaps last month's Halo news. This month I'm your host Aaron and with me today we've got Lucas. Hello, hello. And we've got Orn. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, we are back. We have another monthly Halo news roundup for everyone. Today we are going to cover the Halo Infinite multiplayer events, Cannon Fodder issue 136 and some HCS news. Uh, before we get started, I'd just like to welcome everyone to the show. Evolved hosts a variety of shows. This is our main show, Podcast Evolved. You can check out our current lore series, Infinite Impressions, and our previous lore series, The Road to Infinite, which almost never ended, and the character dossiers. Evolved also hosts a variety of other shows. We've got Mission Debrief, Builds with Blocks, HCS Pro Talk, Halo TV+, Halo Gear Guide, Halo Book Club, and Halo Headlines. You can learn more about all of our shows by going to the website, EvolvedHalo.com. If you're already a fan, we'd like to ask you to take a minute to rate our show and leave us a review on your podcast service of choice. We greatly appreciate all of the feedback. And we'd also like to take a minute to thank all of our patrons for your continued support. You help us do everything we do here. Thank you very much, guys. I never get tired of seeing that people continue to pay us money every month to do this. Absolutely. Thank you guys for all your support. And if you continue to support us, you can save money for Lucas's next microphone. Hey, hey, this one has not <laughs> fallen off the uh, table and hit the ground yet. I'm currently holding it, so it doesn't do that. Yet. If you are not subscribed to us and would like to become a patron, go and check out patreon.com forward slash Halo Evolved. There you can see the variety of rewards available, such as access to early episodes, unique swag, access to our soundtrack, and our newest exclusive podcast show, which I recorded the first episode of with Ian this week, so you can look forward to that. Finally, we encourage all of our listeners to support us through Audible, where they can enjoy the growing collection of Halo novels all in one place, along with thousands of other novels, guided wellness programs, and more. Use the URL audibletrial.com forward slash podcast evolve to learn more and start your free trial today. So, from that, we will move on to last week in Halo, and I'm just going to butt in first because I want to talk about recording with Ian this week because I think we should sell the patron episode a little bit so we can kill two birds with one stone because it's literally the only Halo adjacent thing I did this week, and it, there was very little, <laughs> very little Halo in that, so we'll just talk about it. We've started a new patron exclusive show. We talked about it for a long time, and we were like, we're not really sure what to do. Is there enough Halo content? And then we decided to hell with the Halo content. What the patrons really want is us. So we have a, a non-Halo Halo show for you guys. It's called I Would Have Been Your Podcast. The name may sound familiar. I, I'm willing to admit that is where I have peaked at coming up with a name. I will never come up with a better one. Quick question, Aaron. How, how many how many hoops did you have to jump through to create that name? Did you have to like do it in a specific order, or or was there some sort of sequence to get that uh, that name? If I remember correctly, on the Skype call, I think I just blurted it out because I was trying to think of something Halo related, and I went like, "This is like not Halo related, but it's Halo related." And then I thought, "Do you know what? It makes sense with the rare dialogue." That that's where that's the process in my brain that came to that and was just like I would have been your podcast, but like there's no logic to how or why I came to it other than that's how my head works. So this is off. I'd say this is off topic or like off recording, but like I was trying to make a joke about to get the I would have been your daddy skull in Halo Three. You have to jump through all the rings um, in a specific order on uh, the Covenant level when you go and kill Prophet of Truth. No, I'm going to leave this in now that you've explained that, and I'm an idiot. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for making me feel stupid, Lucas. That's that's brilliant that I didn't pick uh, up on that. Uh, yep, you you get to leave that in now. You patronizing sure, bastard. Sure, sure. I feel I feel great. This is the, this is the kind of non-Halo content you can get. So I recorded that on Friday. Uh, it was supposed to be about thirty minutes. It turned into an hour. So you'll get good quality content out of me and Ian. I think that was officially Ian's first time hosting an episode. Nice. Good job, Ian. Yeah, good job. How many years has he been here? 2017, I think. I think he I think he came in during our re our relaunch. Yeah. We we took him in and was just like, here's the keys to the website, go mad. And we've never looked back. It was a good episode. I was quite pleased with it. That will uh 
be a fairly regular thing now for patrons. I believe the plan is every week. So you can subscribe, get the exclusive feed, and then listen to that every week. It'll be various combinations of hosts. It won't always be the same people. I think we've pretty much decided patrons will steer the conversation. So if you are a patron, you can get onto the patron Discord channel or you can drop us a line through Patreon if you want to suggest topics, things you want to talk about, things you want us to chat about. Otherwise, we're going to have to talk among ourselves, and that turned into quite a long discussion about Star Trek and other things. It started off as a conversation about what games we liked as kids, and it just I derailed it completely. So if you'd like more of that, go and subscribe. Um, apart from that, the only other thing I've done this week is play Gears 5 Horde mode. I took a strange notion to want to play that. So that's all I've done this week. Fly around as Jack the robot and fry people with my taser. I have never played the, at least the Gears 5 horde mode. I've always played, I think I played the hell out of the Gears 2 horde mode. Uh, and that was an absolute lot of fun. And the only level you would play is the uh, the one with the cinema on it. And you'd go up the ramps and like put the shield down and you could like essentially like cheat your way to level 50. Oh, I remember blocking the steps with the shield all the time. Because the trick was to put the shield down the wrong way because the grubs could kick the shield down if you plant it in the ground but if you plant it backwards they wouldn't pick it up out of the ground but they also couldn't get the prop to kick it correct so i used to do that all the time i loved the crap out of that like i think i said it on the show when i was talking with ian but gears horde mode might be the like the ultimate superior horde mode i think it's even better than firefight like gears as it's gone on has been great i would be willing to lay down and say that yeah I think also, to a lesser extent, but was a lot of fun, I think Gears 3 had Beast Mode, which was like Horde Mode, but you play as the Locust attacking Gears, and that's a lot of fun, because as you play and I kill more Gears, that. you get to upgrade. Oh, it's it's so much fun. You start off as like the little like clicker guys that run around and attack people and explode, and you can work your way up to like boomers and all sorts of things as you get more kills and earn more credits. It's, it's quite a bit of fun. It's basically, imagine firefight, but you started off as like a flood spore in the ODST firefight or something and worked your way up to like a hunter or something. That would be absolutely awesome. Like to end as a hunter, would it be a third person thing or would it be like a first person of the hunter? I think you could get away as third person with some of those. Just treat it like a Spartan with a turret. You're just big. But that's pretty much all I've done this week. Um... Have you have you guys played the uh, Gears of War Tactics game? Yes, I beat that game. Is it is it worth doing? Worth playing? Um, did you like like XCOM and stuff like that? So the answer is yes, because I, I do like the tactics game, but I haven't found a tactics game that I've been able to play all the way through, with the exception of um this Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Tactics on like the Game Boy that I played like years and years ago. Um, cause I played like Wastelands three, which I think is also a tactics style game, but like, I kind of lost interest in that. Um, I played XCOM, but it, it was very challenging for me. So I kind of got to a point where all my guys were like injured and dead. So, and I didn't feel like starting a new game. And so I, I'm, and I just started playing Octopath Traveler. It's not a, it's not a tactics game, but it's still like a turn-based, you know, adventure RPG. So. I'm kind of looking for a tactics game to get into. Gears Tactics is very forgiving as a game. So it's not XCOM where like your guys are injured and they don't go. If I remember correctly, they don't go into the next like level. Yeah, well you can't yeah, you can't take them in if they cuz if they're injured they have to like sit out for like 4 days or whatever and then it's like, "Well, I need to go on a mission tomorrow." It's not that bad. Um if they die, obviously you lose them. Um, and you can up, you know, there's all these upgrades and stuff like that. The only problem I had with the game is there's no like new game plus mode, kind of like where you could bring all your characters that you brought like maxed and brought, out. Bring yeah. Them into, yeah, bring them into a new game and like try it a harder difficulty. You have to essentially start all over again, which like kind of sucked, but I, I enjoyed it. It had the whole gears vibe and you could like go up and like chainsaw people and like they're, they're, all the guts are still flying everywhere. So it's, it, it's just not as, um, 
challenging, I would say, as like XCOM. But it is it's pretty good. It's on Game Pass, so like you don't even have to buy it to try it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was I was looking at that the other day and that's when I saw Octopath Traveler and I tried that one instead. And I'm enjoying that. I've played like maybe four hours of it so far. Um but yeah, maybe I'll just download it because why not? It's the beauty of Game Pass. That's the absolute beauty of Game Pass. Did you guys see that uh 007, the GoldenEye game, is now on Game Pass? I did. I haven't played it, though. I think it's only for Xbox, and I do not... I have my Xbox One, but I, I don't think it's for PC, so some of you Xbox guys will have to try that. Let me know how it is. Yeah, I think it's Xbox and Switch, isn't it? Yeah, it's on the Switch, too, and the Switch version actually has online multiplayer, while the, the Game Pass version does not. So, like, it's kind of better to get the Switch version because you can play with other people. That's disappointing. Yeah, it is disappointing. I guess it's just because it's part of like that rare studio like bundle thing you can get. I, I don't really know where it's like all those old rare games and I've never dived into that. Rare so. replay? Is that it? Yeah, rare replay. That's it. That's it. I I haven't downloaded this long time, but I haven't gone near it. I should at some point. Sometimes it's just finding like the urge to want to go play anything. This is why when the, the notion took me to try Horde mode, I just went back to it. Yeah, uh, so speaking of old games uh, that we are going back to playing, I mean, it's not, it's a new game, but I got the Dead Space remake on Friday. And let me tell you that that is, oh, that is nostalgia to the extreme. It's such a good freaking game. Uh, and it looks pretty. And the only time I allow myself to play the game is at night. It's not a daytime game. You have to play in the dark with all the lights off and wear headphones and, you know, get the shit scared out of you every five seconds. No, I, I agree. That's that's like Bioshock. Like, it, or like you have to play those games at, at night. Uh, absolutely. I am playing it during the day with all the lights on and the windows open and probably... No, no, I'm also turning the brightness in the game up. That's that's the only way I'm playing those like, games. I'm a I'm a huge Diablo fan and like a game's not scary, but just like I can't play it during the day because <laughs> I can't see anything. It's all dark and gritty and all that stuff. And it's like, all right, I'll just hang out when the sun's out and then when I when the sun goes down I'll go home and play Diablo and it's a blast. That's but but it's an awesome game. Um, I've is it a no remake bugs. of the first game or is it just like a reimagining? Like no, it is back? a it is a kind of both. So it's a remake where all the story elements are there, all like the how the gameplay works is there, but they've tweaked a few things. So like um, the game is a little bit smoother, like control wise. Um, they changed all the zero gravity stuff, where it's more aligned with the second and third game, where you can actually fly around and it's not like you're standing and you just kind of like jump to one spot and you kind of keep jumping to spots it's a little better. Um, and then they added some like little side quests. They added a few things. They made it so you can go back to old areas um, through the tram system. And then they, they got rid of some like stupid things in the game. Like there's one level where you sit in this turret and you have to like shoot asteroids out of the sky. And it's like the most annoying level in the entire game, and they like completely like redid that entire level, so it's more user friendly. So they kind of so, just basically they modernize the first game. Yeah, they modernize the first game, and okay. it looks awesome, absolutely gorgeous. And oh my gosh, and like all the jump scares and all the sounds and like everything feels like it's lived in and stuff like that. So like it is probably the best besides like the Resident Evil Two remake. It's probably like one of the best remakes I've ever like played. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Definitely um, a game. Uh, other than that, yeah, I played a lot of that. And then other than that, I worked on my ODST kit yesterday because I had a whole lot of free time. So I sat and uh, trimmed it and stuff like that. And I still got a lot more trimming to go, but uh, I haven't really touched it in like a month or two. So, you know, getting a good chunk of it put together was uh, was nice yesterday. So that's really the only Halo I've actually done in the last week. I haven't done any Halo. I did play a lot of uh, Halo la the last week last last week because of the uh the joint fire event which i'll get into in a little bit but i i i got all of that and i i already have the ultimate reward from this week so i was like i'm just not gonna really play this week i still have a couple of tiers to do left on my season two i have like i think i'm like level 90 something so i'll probably get that like next week or something whenever 
whenever there's an ultimate reward that I need to get, that's about all I've done. You still have to do all the 30 from uh, the 2.5. No, I did that one already, actually. Oh, you did all that? Okay, I've got about 10 levels left for that. I jumped, I was at like level 70 on season two and then jumped to the winter update. And then I've just been pouring experience into that. And then I hit level 30 during the winter contingency event over the holidays. And then I jump back to season two to kind of complete that before season three comes out next month. Well, speaking of that, that's kind of the first point of the news. Should we just hop into the news of uh, January? Yeah, go for it. Well, like I like I said, the two events that happened in, in January for Halo Infinite was uh, the winter contingency number two which is another 10 tier pass, which included like the frosted weapon skins, which are like these blue and white, like iced type of uh, skins look pretty cool. Uh, There's a candy cane visor and a Santa hat helmet attachment, which I just had to have. uh, I saw saw everybody wearing that question. Do you remember how much worse the winter contingency one uh, event was compared to this one? In what regard? In terms of the rewards? Like, no, not the rewards. Like, in the original winter contingency, you could only get like one or two upgrades a day. So like you had to play for like 10 days and it was just, I, I didn't get everything because of that. But this one, I got it all within, you know, a day or two. Of playing. I, mean, I think yeah, I just got I can, it on one I basically day. can get all these, like, I don't know if it's just me, but like I, I pop a 60 minute XP booster and I could, I could do almost all the challenges in an hour. And it's like it's and it's great, and it's like I I hop on, I'll get maybe seven tiers at least, and then if I wanted to keep playing, then get those last few I can, or I'll just log on tomorrow and bam, and I get it. It's great because I don't have time to log in every single day. Like I just want to do like two two good sessions over a weekend or something, and and be done. That was kind of the idea when they um when they talked about the new battle pass and like the new like tier or like the challenge system was like they wanted it easier for players to just be able to play the game and just unlock things almost naturally and not force people into like like specific game modes and stuff like that. So I guess for the event, they did have like a few for like the joint fire, but that's a specific event and not like just the generic ones. And that one was even pretty cool. It's still going on now, but I mean, when the episode airs, I think it'll be gone. But, um, but yeah, it's like covert one flag uh, one team's like have infinite invis, the other team is infinite threat detector, and it's kind of like the 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 mission from Halo Infinite where you're fighting that Sangheili in the tower. It's not a bad game type. The only complaint I had about it was it felt like there was a little bit of a crazy lunge, if I remember correctly, on the sword. It felt worse than normal. So I've always felt like you're at a bit of a disadvantage sometimes trying to like take out the other team. I was very frustrated with it. it. You have to be very coordinated with it, especially because like you have to have almost like one team distracting while the other team grabs the flag. And so like if you have guys that just kind of do at it one offs, you'll you won't win. But if you like are better coordinated about it, like you you can. Yeah, like a good like a good push. Like even you don't have to do a full team wipe, but if you can take out like two of the enemy team, like the defending, and if you sneakily take the flag and don't sprint and just walk away, like. You can you can hide pretty well, and then you might have to do like a counterattack because at that point the enemy team might rush your flag cap, or your invis expires. But um, but yeah, I, there's I've had some pretty some pretty fun games of uh of one flag or covert uh covert one flag. So that's that's been fun. And again, joint fires. That's another ten pass uh event featuring Halo Reach armor. The JFO, and then there's like a orange helmet visor and a green helmet visor. I don't know. I, I wasn't too impressed with the joint fire upgrade or um, tiers and rewards, but apparently a lot of people like the green visor. I guess I don't. I'm not a. It doesn't green really. Visor's all right. Doesn't really strike me. I I still I'm still rocking the Santa hat and the freaking candy cane visor. Like that's like my default Gen Six core, Gen Set Mark Seven core. Do you run the Gen Six mostly, or the the? I guess that's the generic. Yeah, the generic one. I I usually do that one on social games, but if I'm doing ranked, I'll do the the Mark V B because it's uh it's like I, I like the ODST armor and I I have it like all black because like I don't I don't want to put all the fancy shit on ranked matches. 
So my go-to for everything is the um, the Noble Six, like the the Mark V B helmet, and like, and I just run that pretty much all the time. Like I just that's one of my favorite armor setups in uh, Halo Reach, and I just kind of stuck with it in Halo Infinite. Yeah, I'm a fan of the ODST armor, so I, that's what I rock. Is oh, I'm a huge fan of ODSTs too, but like, I don't know, the Mark V B is like my favorite. I'm all about my Reach armor. I have rocked it from the day I got it in the game, and it's sort of as close as I could probably get it to what I had in Old Reach. And it's just like, well, if I could change the color, I'd be really happy, but this is it. And that's none of the other armors that have come out have looked as good, in my opinion. Hey, Aaron, can I guess which armor you're running? Is it? Are you running your George armor? Uh, I'm not. I have George's helmet, but not the full armor. I never... I never liked George's headpiece because he looks like he's a walking holder for a fire extinguisher. <laughs> that cylinder in his chest piece just looks like you could um, pull that out to like put out a chip pan fire or something. But no, I have. I think at the minute I'm running like a combo of George's helmet with um, June's like body armor with his little like scruffy cloak scarf thing on it. But I just I like the reach armor. I like that more square armor and the the stuff for the last full season, the the like lone wolf stuff. I did quite like some of that, although I wasn't really here for the like cobbled together look they were going for. But the armor pieces were nice. Oh yeah, that um the shoulder pieces like the elite skull shoulder pieces were like. That didn't do it for me too much, but just like the shape of the armor and that more like squared off look was nice. I just, I think I'm a sucker for, I want my Spartan to look like he will smash through a wall, not be aerodynamic. I want him to look like a tank. I, you kind of like how in, uh, what's the game? Army of Two, where you have like Salem and Rios, and like there's the one guy who's like the big fucking dude who takes all the aggro, and then there's the stealthy guy. Aaron's always the guy who takes aggro, he's the tank. <laughs> there, there is a lot to be said for being that character I like it you don't have to be sneaky or anything else just like hit me with all the damage this is how I did Division 2 I spent all of my time trying to make like the tankiest heaviest armoured build and I would just be like David you pick them off I will walk out into the middle and absorb all the bullets that's how I play D&D I am always right now I'm a paladin so like I am a healing tank which makes it a lot better for me and I just walk out in front and like take all the damage all right, well, moving along. Uh, so we got a cannon fodder, first of the year, issue 136. It uh, details a few things, uh, kind of two points I'm going to mainly talk about is the uh, semi-powered infiltration armor, or the SPI armor from the Spartan 3 program, as well as the UNSC Infinity leading up to Halo Infinite. Um, Alex Wakeford kind of talks about uh, a little bit about the context of the Infinity prior to when the game uh, begins. So the if you're unfamiliar, the semi-powered infiltration armor is the armor that the Spartan 3s primarily wore because the Spartan 3s were like a cheaper mass-produced Spartan program now that the Spartan 2 program was like kind of in full effect. And the reason we're talking about this, or rather like 3 for 3 is talking about this, is because the next armor core for Halo Infinite in Season 3 is the... Mirage 2C armor core, which is kind of like the Mjolnir upgrade, you know, very inspired by SPI and kind of the can canonical senses of it. But really, it's just an excuse for us to wear it in our Spartan avatars. Um, so I kind of did some bullet points here of, of what the um, cannon fodder uh, kind of had. So you can kind of read it for a little bit more detail or read the Ghost of Onyx book, which is one of the I'd say one of probably top five best Halo novels out there, Ghost of Onyx. It's pretty up there. I don't know. There's actually some pretty good Halo novels in recent years. Definitely part of that original, that original, what are there, four books? Yeah, the original four books that Yeah, came it's out kind of like a pseudo Halo. Yeah, like fourth installment of that trilogy. So, but um, Colonel James Ackerson proposed the top secret project to produce a cheaper and more expendable super soldier to compete with the Spartans of the Spartan 2 program. That program eventually became known as the Spartan 3 program. Uh, there's a quote that uh, that was in the article from Ghost of Onyx. says, Consider the Spartan 2s a proof-of-concept prototype. Now it is time to shift in production mode. 
make the units better with new technology, make them make more of them, make and make them cheaper. And uh, which is kind of exactly what they ended up doing. It was actually so secretive that like Halsey didn't like really know about it at first. And then she was like insulted when she finally learned about them and kind of has like a resentment towards the Spartan threes, even though it's not really their fault um, that she's kind of met over the years. But uh, SBI armor is described as one part legionary male, one part tactical body armor, and one part chameleon. Uh, and that's kind of because it has some camouflaging elements. It, uh, it kind of sits between the ODST's battle dress uniform and Mjolnir armor, but it leans definitely more towards the ODST's battle dress uniforms because it's, it's nowhere near as strong and crazy and effective as Mjolnir. Didn't they not have shields either? No, that's yeah, exactly. They did not have shields. They kind of they did have some strength and mobility enhancements for like the wearer, but the the wearer and the Spartan threes are not like augmented the same way the Spartan threes are, and so it, it didn't give the same level of um, enhancements to the wearer. But uh, it did have camouflage, and they did not have shielding. Um, they did. He did make a note that like there is the Mirage Gen three Mjolnir armor that's that they put in Halo 3 for the Master Chief collection that kind of is very that's very mirage or sorry uh very SBI armor like that technically has shielding because you can play it in Halo 3 multiplayer <laughs> with shielding but uh but aside from that SBI is yeah no shielding and then i guess this new Mirage 2C that we're going to get in season 3 of Infinite will have shielding but generally speaking SBI doesn't have it because they it, you know they they're trying to be cost effective these are designed to be mass produced and the candidates are supposed to be massed and listed for, you know, more expendable and kind of crazy missions and stuff. Yeah, some of those missions were absolutely like insane that were like they sent 300 Spartans on like a mission on like a moon to destroy like I think it was a Covenant uh, shipbuilding facility. And they, I mean, they all and they all died, but they like significantly like hampered the the covenants um production line in that area and then there was also one uh where we meet tom and lucy uh and pretty much everybody but tom and lucy died in like this engagement and it caused lucy to be mute because of the horrors she saw yeah and and they they consider that like a success (laughs) like (laughs) like yeah we, we accomplished our goal like everyone died but you know what we we hit them hard they are single use Spartans. Like that was really it. It was just like, right, we we have a mission we need to do, but we're not going to like burn blue team on them, so we're going to send the hundred and fifty Spartan threes to do it instead. And if anyone comes back, it's a bonus. The ODSTs weren't strong enough to do it. And then yeah, like you said, the Spartan twos were too uh they spent too much money on them. They weren't expendable. There's also not a lot of Spartan twos. There's there's only like you know, 30 Spartan twos as well. Whereas they want, they want, you know, like Gamma Company alone was like 500 Spartan threes or something. Yeah. And I think like you can, I, I, they've said it before. I can't remember the exact figure, but I think it's pretty much like a Spartan twos equivalent to a battleship in terms of costs. Whereas you can build a lot of Spartan threes for that. Plus then as the years have gone on, we found out in the lore, they poached a few Spartan threes and gave them full armor and sent them off and made new teams like Noble and all of that. So like they did still do the expensive Spartan route with a few of them, but the rest of them were absolutely just chucked into the meat grinder. And Yeah. The one, the ones that like proved themselves as well, like who didn't like Tom and Lucy, like they, they kind of continued living, but you also have like the, the ferrets and stuff. Yeah. Well, and then also that's why Halsey has such resentment towards Noble team when she sees them in Halo Reach is because they are Spartan, except for George, really, because they're Spartan threes. And so uh, she doesn't like Spartan threes for that reason. So pretty, pretty interesting stuff there. Uh, Lots of lore. Um, Alex throws up this like graphic of like 10 different Spartans throughout the the lore in the universe and different kind of depictions of their armor and kind of he touches a little bit of like what makes them different what are some like new abilities that they kind of field test uh with these spartans before you know maybe mass producing those capabilities or enhancements and whatnots into like future spartan equipment uh so that's pretty interesting so if you're looking for you know more information about learning about these types of spartans and stuff you know he kind of outlines you know, different stories like the whole uh, Veda Lopez, you know, Last Light, uh, 
Divine Wind, all those kind of novels and stuff, um, Ghost Protocol, like a lot of good stories in there. And we'll learn more about the Mirage 2C Armor Core that's coming in Season 3. Uh, he says very, very soon. It probably just means February because we're going to get Season 3 in the beginning of March. So stay tuned for that. Um, then we have the Halo Infinite, uh, the Infinity. I guess a lot of people have asked 343, you know, why was the Infinity able to be taken out so swiftly? And it's it's pretty straightforward. And I think if you really played the game, you kind of got it all. Um, but he kind of just lists it of just the facts that we know with not really supplying so much new knowledge of uh, of why the Infinity was able to get ambushed and taken about so quickly. And so at the end of Halo 5, October 20, uh, 28th, 2558, um, the, when the Guardian event happened and Cortana was issuing her decree across the galaxy, the Infinity was recalled to aid the defenses at Earth because she sent a Guardian over to Earth. And as the Guardian was about to unleash its um, attenuation pulse to wipe out the security network and defense networks and whatever other networks that Earth has, uh, Lasky did an emergency slip space portal out of the system so he can get away because if they got caught in that, then they would be floating dead in space as well. Um, and so when that happened, he went back to San Helios. He picked up Blue Team, Fire Team Osiris, um, Commander Palmer, Dr. Halsey, and all of them. And that's kind of the beginning of the book Bad Blood, if you remember that one. And then they escape. <laughs> and they're kind of just like living on the edge over the next year because the creatives, the creatives like growing occupation throughout the galaxy and the guardians and stuff like not being able to talk to Earth all the colonies are kind of shutting down. Like the UNSC is like slowly getting crippled as the created forces continue to grow. And, and so Alex kind of makes a note that like it makes resupply and other sorts of efforts to kind of rebuild uh, a lot more difficult. And there's even like audio logs and stuff throughout Infinite kind of detailing that like supply runs are, are very difficult or very costly. Like to go and try to resupply, you end up might lose more resources just in that effort because of the occupation and the and the risks and all that involved. So the infinity's been slowly deteriorating, if you will, over the course of that year. And then we even get a note from uh, the game uh, during the first mission with Chief uh, on the uh, the warship uh, Gabrakin. After that mission. Chief does a uh, scan, and the the panel and information says that the Infinity's crew is seven thousand crew members, when it normally occupies, or there's normally over seventeen thousand uh, personnel on the Infinity at one time, and most of those people are Spartans and stuff. But you also have like engineers and civilians and pilots and and hairstylists like this. There's even a guy here, Eric Bender from the Rubicon Protocol, and he's a barber. And he just shaves people's heads. Like, you know, you have all these support staff. And uh, Alex makes a note that, like, those 7,000 people that was part of this significantly reduced uh, crew size, you know, not all of them are military personnel. So you're, you're down, you know, a fourth of your personnel that are you know military people like of course if some if an engagement happens or you get attacked or ambushed like you're you're not fully equipped that you normally would be um plus during all this as well like there's two enemies there's the banished and there's the created and this whole time the UNSC is pouring all their effort into fighting Cortana and creating the weapon and doing all these other things and putting all the resources there that they don't really or at least we don't really know but they're not really fighting the banished right now and the Banished is kind of not really on their forefront because of the created and all that. So all of those factors are is kind of what Alex kind of gives us as the setup to where once the Infinity arrives on Zeta Halo and the Banished are already there, it's already crippled. It's trying to defeat Cortana and then the Banished attack. And the Banished, you know, Eshram says that, like, we were able to cripple the Infinity in four minutes. And it's like, well, the Infinity was already crippled. You just kind of hit the last blow. So... That's kind of interesting. It kind of makes sense. Like we know even without this explanation that there's at least two times the Infinity lost a lot of crew before Infinite because there's the end of Halo 5, like they jumped out and left a load of the crew behind. We can only assume everyone didn't make it back. And then in Shadows of Reach because they evacuate at the end of Shadows of Reach and there's 
crew left behind there too on the surface. So you're like, how many times can you leave crew and equipment behind and get no replacements before it's going to be an issue? So I don't think any of this is really a surprise if you think it through. Like, not only is the Infinity not able to, like, go somewhere to get more personnel, but, like, I also would imagine that a new shipment of personnel or a new a new vessel of personnel would go to the Infinity's position whenever they needed, you know, when different people's orders change and all that kind of stuff in the normal military protocol. But, like, because of the circumstances, there's no ships going to the Infinity because the Infinity's jumping around and being covert. No, but then on all these other missions, you have people dying, people getting injured, and that takes away people that are, like, somewhat combat effective. Like, if you lost a leg or you lost some limbs fighting the banished on reach during shadows of reach like you're not going to be able to fight so like they're probably limited on uh, supplies and just able-bodied troops like if you read the rubicon protocol and like throughout the book like their armor those spartans armors are just slowly deteriorating because they don't have the uh the the systems to um to repair any of their gear so like people degrade you know at some point no surprise there, but that's that's kind of where we're at. Um, and then uh, I think we talked a little bit about this before the show, but we don't really know where the Infinity is now. We we can assume that it is either somewhere or it's just still, excuse me, it's still just floating in space where Zeta Halo was before it activated its own slip space uh, jump during the uh, the Cortana events, the, the Cortana self-detonation moment at the end of the game um we're not at the end of the game but that we learn about at the end of the game that actually is the start of the game which is a whole other thing but uh so yeah we don't we don't know where it is it's floating in space somewhere or maybe it slipped space jumped again somewhere and it it's now it's trying to find repairs but it's even even more crippled than where we left it let's see and then the can of fodder ends out with uh armory infentium which is a just highlight of one of the weapons that you can earn throughout Halo Infinite's campaign that are kind of those special versions of each of the weapons. And so uh, this this week's they highlight uh, Orcro Vada, Vada Dune's Duelist Energy Sword. So there's like a cool little like poem-y short story there that just kind of gives a little bit of uh, backstory to it all if you want to give that a read. Um, all right, a few other pieces of news here before we wrap up the news section. Uh, Halo Championship Series is returning for year two. Uh, 343 announced updates regarding maps, modes, and settings for the next year of the Halo Championship Series. The first Majors Tournament event of the year is in Charlotte, North Carolina, February 24th to the 26th. Tickets are on sale now if you want to go check those out. And you can learn more about the HES events um, and overall team coverage of who's in it, who's not in it, uh, what's the hot topics, what are those changes and stuff over uh, with our friends Josh and Will over at HGS Pro Talk and their podcast. So you can go listen to them for more of that conversation. Did they say, uh, I'm probably going to end up going to that again this year because I went this year to the Orlando one. It was like one of the coolest experiences I ever went to. Like it was like going to like a Super Bowl or like a Stanley Cup final kind of a feel where everyone was going absolute. It's absolutely amazing. I went to one in Atlanta for, I think it was still, it was still Halo 5 because it was like 2017 or something like 20, 2018 and like, dude, it was nuts. Like the, the people, like if you're into esports and like all that kind of stuff, like and you watch it and you kind of get excited like on your couch or on your computer or whatever, but like if you go to an event, like everyone, the person next to you, behind you, in front of you, like everyone is just as hyped as you are. And like when they do the plays and like, oh man, it is, it is something else. It is, it is a feeling to feel. You don't even have to be like a super like esports person. Like I'm not really into esports and stuff. And I, I went and was just like, this is the coolest. And I'm a huge sports guy. So like it translated so well to like liking sports and stuff like that. Like, like there was a play where um one guy got like a triple kill with a skewer and like that takes some skill or like they flag capped with like zero seconds left. It was like an overtime flag capture and like they won the game and it was, it was absolutely insane. So it's definitely something I'm going to do this year uh, when they come around in Orlando. Yeah. I hope they do something a little bit farther North, like a Philly or even a New York one or like Boston. If there's, I don't, I don't know if they've been to those cities in the past, but like, I hope they, they kind of come up here so I can, 
I can go to one because I am due for a uh, HCS event. Um, all right, next on our list. Um, so technically in January, but it's actually after this recording date. But Mega Constructs has an announcement coming on January 30th, which is tomorrow as of recording. So you can check out their Twitter for whatever they announce. But it's supposed to be kind of what's coming for the new year, 2023, over at our partners at Mega Constructs. I'm sure if you listen to our Build with Blocks podcast, you can listen to the team over there discuss. Uh, what is going on in the world of minifigures. Um, yeah. The Xbox Gear Shop has been updated with some Halo swag in time for Valentine's Day. So if you want to purchase some flattering, you know, couplees Valentine's things, you can you can go over there and, and do that. There's some pretty, pretty cool stuff over there. Uh, and lastly, I just want to touch on this, kind of do a very quick summary. Our whole last episode was about this. It's a, it's about the 10,000 employee layoff that Microsoft did a couple weeks ago. Um, it affected every part of Microsoft's company, which is huge, um, and which does include the Xbox brand and 343 and other game studios. So yes, 343 employees were laid off. It was a pretty big hit. We don't really know what that means for Halo. Um, but the studio head, Pierre Hines, uh, wrote that the studio would continue supporting Halo Infinite's multiplayer and live service elements. He also said that Halo and the Master Chief are here to stay. 343 will continue to develop Halo now and in the future, including epic stories, multiplayer, and more of what makes Halo great. And Joseph Staten will be exiting 343 Industries to return to Xbox Game Studios Publishing, which is kind of always the plan. Like, you know, he's in charge of publishing for Xbox, so he's helped multiple games cross the finish line. It only just kind of made sense that he helped Halo Infinite, given the state that it was in during all its delays. He has his history and upbringings from Halo Infinite, or the Halo franchise. Um, so it is sad, but it's, it's it was going to happen eventually. Um, we can only hope that that kind of means that Halo is in a good enough state to where the leadership and people can continue what Joseph Staten helped steer and uh, and go from there. And yeah, there's a bunch of other rumors out there like they're only going to be publishing and all this other kind of stuff. And I don't know. I just take it with a grain of salt and we'll just see what happens. So I had a, a thought I wanted to run bo- by both of you guys. It's kind of a question. What if like this is Microsoft preparing for the Activision merger like is it's a big thing in Microsoft that all their employees are contractors like these 12-month contracts what if a lot of these people that they laid off were contractors in in like preparation for full-time employees to now start at some of these Microsoft companies because I'm pretty sure that a lot of these Activision companies are full-time as well like they're not and they have thousands of employees like I think Infinity Ward has like double or like triple the amount of employees that like 343 has. So like they've all got to go somewhere. And that's maybe my thought is they're preparing for that um, eventual merger and it might happen soon. Uh, I mean, that makes sense to me. I'm, I'm no business exec, but I would believe that if that's what it is. I think that's a valid theory. So it's just an idea I had. So I guess, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. Like the the whole internet was on fire that day. Uh, and I remember seeing <laughs> yeah. that. And so, so we'll, we'll, we'll just see what happens. The smoke has sort of settled. We'll see what happens when like more information comes out. Microsoft's just been so quiet lately. So like they've had like all these like developer things and like they really weren't at any of these like expos that have happened recently. So like we really don't know what's going on in the world of Microsoft. Yeah, I, I will say the, um, just you said that developer thing, there was that Xbox Bethesda developer update thing. I want more of those. Like those were that was really cool. They they showcased five games over the course of an hour, and like you know, like one of them dropped that day, um, and then the other games are just coming out later this year and got some release dates. And I was like, dude, that's that's awesome. Like just keep keep doing that. Like that's I don't think you need to do more. Like keep us in the know of what's to come and get us excited and play some games. So, but yeah, time will tell. We'll see what's up. But that's all I got for January news. That's actually probably more news than I thought we would have for January. (laughs) The ship hasn't sunk yet. Yeah, like if it wasn't for the massive firing, I wouldn't have expected a lot to be happening at all. Just be like, it's January, it's quiet. This is usually our month where we don't start recording to the middle of the month. And then we do like a couple of quiet episodes going like, 
yeah, Halo. And then February is when things start again. So, right, going on from that, Lucas, I think you're going to take us through the Evolve Digest. I can do that. All right, so what is happening with us? So we've got Podcast Evolved, uh, Infinite Impressions. We've got topics and opinions relating to the ongoing support to Halo Infinite's campaign, multiplayer, and Forge. So our last episode uh, was the episode 292, and we talked about the whole Sky Marshal. And if you don't know what that is, that was the uh, Fractures story with the space Nazis and uh, the Mutant Covenant, and it was an all right read. Uh, <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. I really, an again, all right read. Aaron and I have had this conversation multiple times where if they made it like a video, like I would have been so much more interested because like I have to sit here and essentially write a novel or read a novel that has nothing to do with the Halo universe. Like, great. Like if I wanted that, I'd just go read like a Wolfen if Wolfenstein even had books. So um, anyway, did they have one of these story things for the first Fractures event? They did not. They just had cool samurai armor which would be awesome too if they made like cool like videos about samurai armor like like yeah like i think i think we also talked about this as well like in the um our recap yearly recap but yeah if it was like in the style of like the terminals from halo 4 or halo halo 2 anniversary terminals like i think i think that would be a great medium to kind of put these uh these stories out on absolutely um anyway so our next impressions uh we will discuss three uh number 20 which is we will discuss season three um echoes within preview uh, and so we will get de- more details hopefully about the new armor core coming up and new story details uh we have mission debrief uh, a deep dive into every halo games campaign mission by mission and they will return hopefully if we get dlc in the future i know one of the rumors was 343 cut most of their story people so if we get more we'll see if not then they'll be on hiatus for a little longer (laughs) uh builds with blocks centered around the micro action figures and brick-based construction sets of the halo universe the last video episode they did was interviewing um i'm going to probably butcher this mutroid xp productions uh and behind the scenes of the scorpion demolition uh, then we also have a the Halo TV Plus. It's a commentary and analysis of Halo's original TV series, uh, the Halo C- series show, and its place within the Silver Timeline. And this will return when Season 2 uh, comes back. I'm assuming, Oren, you've got some preparations for that. Yes, I'd, I'm probably going to do the same format like the last, uh, for like Season 1. I'm also thinking, you know, what if I did Forward Unto Dawn at Nightfall? Um, kind of like in the interim, but it doesn't quite translate because those are, those are really two movies and they were just cut into five parts. And so it doesn't quite translate, but that was a request from some of the listeners. And so I'm looking into that, but, but yeah, Halo TV plus will basically return when season two of the show returns, which hopefully is either this fall or next spring. Orin, I have an idea for a one-off episode. What if we binge watch the TV show and see if it's any better when you watch it in one long go? And what, just like put out a... How many episodes are there? Ten? Is there ten or nine? There's nine episodes, so it'd be a nine-hour show. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll not do live commentary. We'll just binge them and then sit at the end of it and be like, was it any better? Mm, Possibly. I mean... To save time, we can always skip that one episode that's like Quan centered, and then you could save like forty minutes of an episode, so you don't have to binge all of it. <laughs> you telling me you didn't enjoy the highly detailed Quan storyline? What I will say is that I was thinking about Forward Unto Dawn and Nightfall, and I think in order for me to at least think about how to navigate those two stories in the Halo TV Plus format. I would have to watch both of them just first and just kind of rewatch them because I haven't watched them in years. I don't think I've watched Nightfall since it released because of how terrible it was. And I've probably watched Forward on the Dawn maybe twice after it released. And so I did think to myself, what if I recorded myself watching it because it's been so long to just see what I would react to? Because <laughs> like, I remember watching Nightfall and just like wanting to gouge my eyes out. <laughs> to be fair... I think Nightfall definitely didn't benefit from being chopped up into parts. It's it's not a huge pile better when you watch it at one go, but I don't think it's quite as bad as waiting week to week. 
I I think that's the way. I think that's the way to do it. I think it's just do one long view, one long commentary instead of split it up between the five 20 minute parts or whatever. Just because that's really how you're supposed to watch those two. They're 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 movies. They're not series like the Halo series is. We'll see what happens with that. Yes. So next we have the Halo Book Club. Uh, this is a thorough discussion on the extended lore and media. And we are, again, running out of books. And it says here the next book club is What Remains. But I'm pretty sure we did a book club on that. That's when uh, after the Guardian hits um, uh, the the planet after Halo 5. That is the story. But I don't think, I don't think we did it. No, I think Aaron and I did. Pretty sure Aaron and I did an episode of that. I remember at least reading it recently i don't think we've recorded oh yes this might this could have been the week that i was i had the flu and so i was like yeah i'm i'm not sick enough and we we prepped in advance for this everyone listened to the audio and done the rest and it was like no we can't do this i think we just at that stage we cut our losses and went fuck it it's christmas holidays that might have been what happened so well we can if that's the case then we can that will be our next episode yeah i mean we can we can we can double check the notes off the thing but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's we're owed we're owed what remains and untitled to finish out fractures. I was listening to the story again, going like, I'm sure we've talked about this at some point, but I think we may have discussed it during the Road to Infinite once we had to stretch it out to like seventy five years. But we've never actually done a book club on it. Got it, got it. Okay. So lastly, we've got HCS Pro Talk, where Josh and Will discuss the latest information within the competitive Halo scene with an emphasis on the community every week. They uh, haven't really done any recent Map Legends episodes, but the uh, inside the HCS series for month of 2023 for January, we will roll this clip. Hello, Podcast Evolved audience, and welcome to Inside HCS, your monthly recap of all things Halo Esports presented by us, none other than HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Esports podcast. For this segment, we'll be recapping the HCS news and competition from the month of December 2022. But before we get into the recap, let's begin with a little introduction into what exactly is the HCS. The HCS, or Halo Championship Series, is the umbrella in which all Halo competition lives under. The 21-22 HCS season has officially come to a close with the Halo World Championship taking place at the end of October. So stay tuned for a blog post outlining the 23 HCS season over at Halo Waypoint this month, January. For all major announcements from the HCS team over at 343 Industries, please make sure to follow their Twitter account at HCS and their official YouTube channel by searching for Halo Esports. Josh, we may have been on a little break during December, but the news stops for no one. Let the listeners know what happened in the world of competitive Halo during the last month. Roster Mania continues. G2 releases their entire roster and appears to have exited Halo entirely. G1 releases Squally and Swish and signs Alumnite as GM of Esports and Director of Esports Optimization. Native Gaming signs Hoaxer as a coach and then Hoaxer leaves for another opportunity. And FaZe and Sentinels could be making some major shakeups heading into HCS Season 2. The Optic Invitational which was supposed to take place December 10th through 11th, has officially been postponed due to a myriad of reasons, including rosters not being solidified, this state of the game competitively, etc. A new date has yet to be announced, but the Optic organization is working closely with the HCS to make sure the upcoming event is everything you expect from a top-tier organization. Stay tuned to HCS Pro Talk for more details as they are released. The Halo Infinite December update. From a competitive standpoint, the following updates have been made. Melee lunges should be more consistent. Ghost reload should occur less. Red reticle has been added back to PC. Mouse and keyboard players have added aim stability. Snap slides have been removed. King of the Hill has been fixed. Additional fixes and networks enhancements have been made. But weapon jamming is still a known issue with a fix being worked on. Will, as the post to preseason continues, the community has stepped up big time to provide some amazing competition to players just looking to keep their hands warm and their skills sharp. What are the tournament highlights for the month of December? We'll start with the Europa Halo Nations Cup. The Nations Cup, presented by Europa Halo, has returned with some of the best players across the pond coming together to compete for the glory of their respective region. Turns out we do get predictions correct sometimes, and this just happened to be one of those times. The Powerhouse England 3 roster with Snakey, Simply Gambit, Quadios, and Jimbo took home the first place prize and the regional glory with rivals England 6 taking home second. 
Huge shout out to Europa Halo for putting on this event once again, and we can't wait to see what these folks do in the new year for competitive Halo in the EU region. Next up, we have the Honda Fan Cup qualifiers. The 1v1 qualifiers have come to a close with the main event scheduled to take place in January. The following players have qualified for the finals. Mortally, Shady, Sabinator, Invicted, Boobadoobo, Stellar, Trippy, and the Deity Sam. GAs have been broken. A mouse and keyboard player made it to the final. And accusations of cheating have been looming over Shady's, among other players in the competitive Halo space. Who's going to take home the grand prize? Find out next time on the next segment of Inside HCS. Josh, Optic postponed their event and the first major of the new year is in February. But there has to be something happening in January, right? Right? Let the folks know what they can expect over the course of this month. With the Optic Invitational being postponed, the only preseason event that is still taking place is the Space Station Spartan Snowdown. Forget everything you know about Halo events because this one's gone through the SSG Mixer. Stop by the main broadcast on January 13th and 14th to catch the show, earn Twitch drops, and see our incredible, biased, but true Forge maps. The open qualifier will be on January 7th through the 8th at 9 a.m. Pacific time, which is 4v4, HCS settings and game types, double elimination bracket, 128 team capacity. North American and Mexico are eligible to, to participate with the main event on January 13th and 14th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. 16 teams, 12 invited and four from the open bracket compete in the main event. On top of that, the Forge show match on the 14th will reveal two brand new maps. And because we're buds, they'll be available to play after the event. It'll be pool play and double elimination bracket. This tournament is governed by the official HDS handbook. Please reference this handbook prior to registration for this tournament. And thank you for joining us in this edition of Inside HDS for December 2022. If you're interested in finding out more about these tournaments or anything else in the competitive Halo space, please check out HDS Pro Talk on all the socials, YouTube, Twitch, and anywhere you happen to have, find your podcast. Podcast Evolve Crew, take it away. Thank you, Josh and Will, for this month's Inside the HCS. Watch their show live Monday nights around 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on twitch.tv slash HCSProTalk. Uh, you can also follow them on YouTube and your favorite podcast feeds. Um, I also know they do a like a community night on like Friday nights. I know Steve has done um, community nights with them, and they do a lot of uh, Forge-created maps and just have a, a, a grand old time is what he's told me. So if you guys also want to get into that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar to what we do on Tuesday nights. Yeah, just kind of customs between Master Chief Collection and Five and Infinite. Well, that covers our Evolve Digest. Aaron, do you would like to, uh, or actually, Oren, would you like to close us out? I think. Yeah, I can close us out. Um, yeah, that's it. That's January, guys. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, like Aaron mentioned at the top of the show, you can find every episode to all of our shows on our website, evolvedhalo.com. You could also search for their unique podcast feed on your podcast service of choice. If you want to listen to everything all in one feed, you just have to follow Halo Podcast Evolve on your podcast service. Uh, also leave us a review if you haven't. It uh, goes a long way to uh, give us more outreach. Once again, another special shout out to all of our patrons for their support for this show and making all of this possible. Thank you guys so much. You can head over to patreon.com slash Halo Podcast Evolved to learn more and to listen to our new Patreon exclusive podcast, I Would Have Been Your Podcast. And finally, if you want to leave us a voicemail about this episode or a previous episode or anything Halo related, you can give us a call at 205-EVOLVED, which is 205-386-5833. And with that, Aaron's been your host with uh, Lucas and Orn. And until next time, Evolved. Evolved. Evolved.